The Gist is sponsored by Automatic, the connected car adapter that pairs your car to your smartphone. Diagnose engine problems, drive more efficiently, remember where you parked, call for help after an accident, and more. Save 20% with free shipping and a 45-day return policy when you go to automatic.com slash gist. The following podcast contains explicit language. It's Tuesday, March 31st, 2015 from Slate. It's the gist. I'm Mike Pascoe. Things, things might sound different today. It's because I'm at the grand forward slash State Street Station on the red line of the L, which is the uh, rail system. The L, it's not L for elevated, just the letter L here in Chicago, and I'm speaking with Ben Larison. Now, if you are a just completist, you remember months ago, we interviewed Ben when he was ready to introduce a series of ads on the L that he bought via Kickstarter. Basically, I really like trying to do different projects that can insert absurdly into the world. Give me another squirrel truth that a redline rider might see in the coming months. Fact. A squirrel has never, ever wished you a happy birthday. Like, not even once. Probably because squirrels are horrible monsters. On the show today, well, all I'm going to promise is this. All the squirrel content is behind us. If you came for the squirrel content, it's done. The squirrel facts are now part of the past. But here now, the future. I've been thinking a lot about music. I've always been thinking about music, but the thought usually occurs at the same time as the song, so I don't stop the song and then just ponder. But these days I've been pondering. And I think what it is is that this Marvin Gaye, Blurred Lines, Robin Thicke case has been so much in the air, and it got me to thinking, well, what is music? And all these terms that we throw around that were thrown around maybe during the trial that I've nodded to over the years, and I said, wait, what is that really? Like, wall of sound, I think I know what that is, because I listened to, you know, the beginning of Springsteen's uh, Born to Run, but do I really know what it is? And another one that came up around the trial, and I don't know if it even describes, accurately describes both of those songs in the trial, the walking bass line. I'm sure you've heard this, that the bass line on a song is sort of a walking bass line. And I always said, oh yeah, I know what that means. And then I stopped and I pondered and I said, I don't know what that means. So here to tell us and to give us some examples and to talk about the walking bass line, he'll do the talking while the music does the walking, is Chris Malamphy. He writes, he's a musicologist. He writes the Why Is This Song number one column for Slate. Hey, Chris. Hey, Mike, I'm going to talk it like I walk it. Please. The only thing about me is the way I talk, as Genesis once said. So give me a definition. What's the walking baseline? All right. Well, if you can envision it this way, a walking baseline is basically uh, a baseline that doesn't just underpin the beat the way any baseline does. It's one that actually does it with a bit of a climb to it. For example, if you can uh, picture, let's say, a rockabilly song, let's picture uh, a, a recent one like uh, Queen's Crazy Little Thing Called Love or The Stray Cats Rock This Town. If you hear those songs, there's a very persistent beat that just ladders up and down and repeats throughout the song. It's kind of like a doon, 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 doon. Well, 
those are very even notes. If you look up the actual textbook definition of a walking baseline, a walking baseline starts as something with actually no variation at all. It's like generally a bunch of quarter notes and it just is insistent and it moves up and down a scale, up and down the fretboard in kind of a, a repeating pattern. Lots of bass lines of any kind, whether they're walking or not, repeat. But a walking bass line in particular tends to be somewhat regimented, goes up and down the scale and generally in, in quarter notes. So we've played Rock This Town, but let's hear it in isolation, Autumn Leaves. Here we found this video on YouTube and we could really hear this guy play and demonstrate the walking bass line. Sure. Of course, now I've given you the textbook definition of a walking baseline, and now we're going to talk about the many ways in which this is completely messed with. Okay. And, and obviously, a walking baseline may start with a, a straightforward uh, move up the scale and down the scale, but then any good bassist is going to throw in eighth notes. He's going to throw in arpeggios. He's going to play with it. Uh, and many of the most famous walking bass lines that we, we know are not, strictly speaking, just straight quarter notes. Let's stick to jazz for another minute. Uh, the first track on Kind of Blue, the uh, seminal Miles Davis jazz album. Not at the very beginning, but when you get to the first trumpet line from Miles, the da-da. And it's accompanied very famously. It's almost as good a hook as the horn line with a That little filigree, again, it's it's not a, a strict walk. It, the, the notes are a little more syncopated, but it's got a bit of a walk to it, and it repeats and repeats and repeats. It's appealing because... It serves as, as its own hook, in effect. I mean, I, I often find, frankly, that in many great pop songs, you don't realize that the thing you find catchiest is the bass line. What's, what's an example of that? I mean, uh, let's talk about the, the case that you brought up at the top, this blurred lines versus got to give it up case that we're talking about. Frankly, neither one of those bass lines walks all that much. There's a tiny bit of walk in the, in the Marvin Gaye bass line. There's actually a little bit more walk in Blurred Lines. If you think about the, the bass in that song, it starts off with some pretty straight notes, just a doon, 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 doon. And then eventually there's this little cascade, this little downward movement that you could kind of call a downward walk. And I would say that that's one of the best hooks of the song, actually. It's like this doon 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 that comes back. Uh-huh. 
It's not a true walking bass line. Frankly, it's more like a filigree because it's just something added to the end of the line rather than, you know, as we were talking in the rockabilly example, something that absolutely gives shape to the song, moves up and down and up and down throughout the song. Give me but a definition of filigree. A filigree is like, oh, it's a little something that you, you know, a little something, something you add to the end of a line <laughs> that gives it a hook. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, that's how I'm using it anyway. I'm, right, I'm right. not sure I'm using a textbook definition. Yeah, a little ornament. A little yes, ornament. Yes, yes. Okay, so what's another great, so we talked about uh, the two songs that got me thinking about it. So what are some great pop songs where the walking bass line is walking all over our brains to I mean, make us love them? Sure. If we want to move into the 80s, obviously one of the great songs of the 80s is Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. And if you think hard about, you know, before uh, we've even gotten to Michael singing or the little ooh, ooh, there's this insistent deep bass line. It sounds like it's being recorded in a cavern somewhere. Uh, this this chugging It's not as simple as note, jump to other note, jump to other note. It's like the, the, the bassist is actually moving up and down a small scale and repeating that. And it's it's irresistible. It's 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 part of what makes Billie Jean a great song. She was more like Arguably, they got that bass line from an earlier uh, number one hit, uh, I Can't Go For That, by Daryl Hall and John Oates. It doesn't walk quite as much as Billie Jean does, so in a way, it's almost as if the bassist of Billie Jean has amped it up a little bit by making it walk even more. Probably one of the best walking baseline stories of all time. It's not just a great walking baseline, but like the story behind it is awesome. Is uh, Sheik's Good Times, the number one hit from 1979. Nile Rogers has given numerous interviews about this. The bassist of Sheik was his partner, Bernard Edwards, who's passed on. Bernard Edwards reportedly came into the studio the day Sheik was working on Good Times, and it actually started kind of with the top groove. Uh, Niall had sort of the guitar line, which is also catchy as hell, and Bernard came in late, and he, he you know, apocryphally says, wow, what is this you're playing? This is great. He picks up his bass, he goes in there, and he's kind of playing, you know, bass runs that just underpin the melody and aren't doing anything too terribly interesting. And then this is the, the the eureka moment, and Niall has told this story many times. Niall Rogers reportedly yelled out to Bernard, walk, make it walk. And that's when Bernard added the, the piece of that bass line that walks, and it's the catchiest thing ever. This will be an important baseline 
for no other reason than it got ripped off almost yeah. immediately. If, if that baseline only existed in that Chic song, it would be a great song. But this is like this is like the patient zero of baseline. Totally, yeah. totally. I mean, it literally got ripped off within the year. It got ripped off twice. It got ripped off by one song that actually had to pay up, which is Rapper's Delight, the first hip hop hit by the Sugar Hill Gang. They settled out of court, uh, but but Nile Rodgers and Bernard Edwards of Chic were actually paid for uh, Rapper's Delight uh, by uh, Sugar Hill Records and, and the Sugar Hill Gang. Right, so I think that some of these guys, when they rip you off, I don't know, they might say, we didn't realize. I mean, in fact, a lot of the settlements uh, were not even saying that you did it intentionally. I mean, Rapper's Delight, the whole point was to get that record, to play that record, and right. to rap over that record. And to be slightly fair to, to the guys in the Sugar Hill Gang, like, the bass line was replayed. It wasn't like they took the record and just rapped right over yeah. it. But it's the same bass but also line. To, and also, to be fair to them, they were inventing a new genre of music. Absolutely. I would, I would argue that Whoever gets paid or not, like, thank God they took that baseline. Oh, absolutely. That, that was one of the seminal rap songs. Added to the long list of things we've been discussing for the last couple of weeks since the Blurred Line case of this is why it's important for people to be able to take things and reinvent them. You know, Rapper's Delight uses the, the chic Good Times baseline. But then also Queen's number one hit from the summer of 1980, Another One Bites the Dust. It's not litigable because John Deacon, the bassist of Queen who actually wrote the song, John Deacon is like the unheralded MVP of Queen. A lot of the things that you think are the catchiest from Queen are John Deacon's doing. He changed up the baseline from Good Times just enough that the two of them are clearly from the same well, but it's not a note-for-note copy. And if anything, he kind of amped up the walk a little bit and made it more insistent and, and kind of put it in a rock context so that it's very direct. Another one bites the dust And another one gone And another one gone Another one bites the dust Hey, hey Gonna get to two Another one bites the dust It's a beautiful creation story because it's as much Niall's victory as Bernard Edwards. Bernard Edwards deserves the credit. He came up with the walk. But it was Niall that heard, this baseline needs one more thing, make it walk. I've even heard versions of the story where he, he literally yelled out, make it walk, motherfucker. Did 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 uh, the phrase exist before he said make it walk? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. no, walking baselines date back to, to jazz and, and even some classical pieces. But what's great about it is that in your head, you can already envision this three-note boom. Boom, boom. And then he's kind of staying yeah. in that mode. And then Niall yells out, make it walk. And he adds the indelible part of it. Yeah. And that's why it's so great to rap over because you start off slow and then you get into it a little more. Exactly. Now, what you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to, to the, the beat. beat. Exactly. Right? That's that's what makes it so irresistible. That's what makes it irresistible in the Queen song as well. That three notes and you add that little bit at top. You know, that, yeah. that's... And it goes and it goes exactly with another one bites the dust. Right. Yes, exactly. Right. It's syncopated in all the right ways. Many great bass lines are like the secret ingredient, the secret sauce that makes you love a song. The walking bass line, and that was Chris Malamphy. He writes the Why Is This Song Number One column for Slate. He's a true musicologist, and I want you to know that every time he sang a walking bass line, he did the frets. He did the frets as if you were playing an upright bass. I can't, can't help myself. That's, that's <laughs> definitely true. Thank you, Chris. You got it, Mike. 
Let me tell you a little bit about Automatic. Now, this is a product name that works on a couple levels. Like, it is automatic. It works automatically right away, lickety-split. And it's for your auto. What is it actually? Well, it's an apt. It's a car adapter that pairs your car to your smartphone, right? Your car is pretty smart, but your phone's even smarter. And using the combination of the two, it can diagnose engine problems. It'll help you drive more efficiently, you know, like telling you what the best way to utilize your gas and to get the best mileage out of it. Remember where you parked. I use my smartphone for that already, but it's just taking a picture of a parking lot. So who needs that? It basically connects your car, a complex piece of machinery, with your phone, a highly intelligent and connected piece of technology, and it's all for $100. No, it's not. It's for $80, 20% off. You can try Automatic, which ships in two business days for free. You could try it for 45 days, and they have a free return policy. Go to automatic.com slash gist to qualify for the 20% offer. That's automatic.com slash gist. And now the spiel, Mike Pence makes recompense. Today, the governor of Indiana held a press conference to say he supports clarifying a law that in no way needs any clarification. The Religious Freedom Restoration Act, or RAFL, I think, I think that's it, I think that's RAFL, has been such a source of controversy to so many that Governor Mike Pence felt the need to say... The smear here against this bill is that it created a license to discriminate or a license to deny services. And that's just completely false and baseless. And who has been the recipient, the target of this hateful smear? The smear that's been leveled against this law and against the people of Indiana. And by people of Indiana, who does Mike Pence mean? That is so offensive to me as a Hoosier. Who? And I believe every Hoosier shares that conviction. Your who? Your Hoosier? Who? 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 The way I was raised was like most Hoosiers, with the golden rule that Hoosier hospitality it's not a slogan, it's our way of life. I just want to one day see a press conference with the governor of Connecticut saying, we nutmeggers are known the world over for our niceness. It is a calumny to say otherwise of us nutmeggers or the governor of Minnesota. As we all know, we gophers will not go in for any sort of discrimination to suggest, as some in the national media have, that gophers went in a hole will just dig deeper. Well, those aren't the gophers I know. But not digging a hole, by the way, that applies to residents of Montana also, the treasure state. We treasurians, we treasure diversity. But not digging a hole is actually why Mike Pence had a press conference saying that this perfectly above board, plainly non-discriminatory law that is nothing wrong with it obviously does need to be changed. Because Mike Pence is a practical guy. He really is. Mike Pence likes on-time budgets and fiscal responsibility. He's a CEO-type leader. He's just trying to carve out a little space where he can right the ship without losing face. It is, in the Mike Pence way, a principled stance. The principle isn't religious freedom, restoration. The principle isn't gay rights. That's not his principle. His principle is, let's not let a law that is so fraught 
with anger. So fraught that even NASCAR has taken a stance against it. Let's not this law derail everything in this state. NASCAR, because, you know, a whole lot of NASCAR teams are going to Indiana Baker saying, could you make up a cake depicting the driver kissing the pit crew chief? Can you do that? I do not think this law equals necessarily de facto discrimination. But I do think it's quite possible that it could lead to discrimination. And if the lawmakers are at all worried about that, they would have written the law differently because there have been plenty of other state laws that were written differently. I have really tried to find interesting or logical or, to me, appealing to my intellect defenses of this law. It's been hard. The closest I found was Stephen Prothero, who's a professor of religion at Boston University and the author of God Is Not One. He's been on the Colbert Report a bunch of times, jousting with the host. And he wrote in USA Today, he wrote this defending Indiana's version of the law. There's no excuse for refusing to serve a lesbian couple at a restaurant. And to my knowledge, no state RFRA has ever been used to justify such discrimination. But if we favor liberty for all Americans, and not just for those who agree with us, we should be wary of using the coercive powers of government to compel our fellow citizens to participate in rights that violate their religious beliefs. That, everything thus far, I'm on board with. Here's the example he uses. We would not force a Jewish baker to make a sacramental bread for a Catholic mass. Why would we force a fundamentalist baker to make a cake for a gay wedding? That seemed good to me until I did this thing called really thinking about it. And you know what? I would be upset if a Catholic baker said to a Jew, said to a rabbi who came into his store, yeah, I'm not going to make your challah bread that you use in your religious ceremony because I don't believe in your religion, right? And therefore, I have to logically and consistently turn it around and say, yeah, I would be mad at a Jewish baker who wouldn't bake some sort of bread or some sort of host, right? The communion wafer. Don't know why the Catholics are going to shlomo the Jewish baker to get their communion wafers baked. Anyway, by the way, all of these rulings, all of these laws, a lot of hypothetical businessmen, the hypothetical florist, the hypothetical baker. I know there are some real bakers where it really happened to, but the Jewish baker asked to bake communion loaf, whatever. But to be consistent, my point is, I have to say that one religion saying, I'm not going to bake the bread of another religion. I don't like that. And just as consistently, I don't like, and I think it should be against the law for any business person to say, I'm not going to supply a service if it is used in conjunction with you being gay. The law is going to change. It's going to be clarified. It's going to be made explicit that it is not meant to discriminate. Yet at the same time, it will still ensure the full restoration of religious freedom that the original bill would have definitely restored. Because you know that's not an overreach, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Yeah, the bill was going to restore religious freedom because there really is very little religious freedom, but a lot of restoration needs restoring. I know this because I believe Mike Pence when he said, Hoosiers are the kindest, most generous, most decent people in the world. And that is so true. You go to Mali, you go to Ulaanbaatar, you go to Burkina Faso, you tell these people, hey, I'm a Hoosier. And they say, I know you guys, you're kind and generous. In fact, in many local languages like Sanskrit, Uzbek, the Shana language of Zimbabwe, the word for kind and generous and non-discriminatory literally is the word Hoosier. It's in their languages. And may that definition never change. But we are going to have to clarify the dictionary, not because we have to, but just because we're good people. We're Hoosiers.
And that's it for today's show. Just producer Andrea Salenzi transfers from the Randolph Wabash stop on the Brown Line to the Green Line. Just intern Claire Tennisgetter takes it all the way down to the Madison slash Wabash stop. Managing producer of Slate Podcasts, Joel Meyer, will then take that to the Adams slash Wabash stop. Transfer to what looks like the Puce line. I might not know my colors that well. Andy Bowers is the executive producer of all of our podcasts. He'll take it all the way to the LaSalle slash Van Buren stop. The gist is part of the Panoply Network, and guess what? The Panoply Network is hiring. If you are or know someone who could just sell the hell out of podcasts, believes in them, is creative, works well with others, give us a ring, the email version of a ring, at hiring at panoply.fm. The gist, we're not afraid to go on the Purple Line Express. Yeah, we know it's weekday rush periods only, but we are, we're in a rush on weekdays, and we know you are too. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Adam Davidson, host of Working, Slate's podcast about what people do all day. On our latest episode, I talk with Tony Banbury with the United Nations. He's the Assistant Secretary for Field Support, which means he's the guy who has to fix things when the world gets very broken. When there's an Ebola outbreak in Africa, an earthquake in Haiti, or a tsunami in Indonesia. Subscribe to The Working Podcast on iTunes or find us on slate.com slash working.